Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Mahmoud So, who's the Assistant Director of Admissions at the University of New Hampshire. Mahmoud, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, uh, inviting me to this podcast. It is our honor and pleasure. So, Mahmoud, let me start by asking you, what is it about the University of New Hampshire that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Well, what makes the University of New Hampshire appealing is that, first of all, we are a mid-sized university offering the same opportunities as a larger university. But at the same time, our students will be part of a close-knit community, developing relationships that matters, especially working with faculty members who deeply care about teaching and also care about our students' undergraduate experience. So alongside with the great education students will receive at the University of New Hampshire, our faculty members will also provide them with hands-on opportunities to apply what they've learned so when it comes to the University of New Hampshire, the students really determine how much they want to be involved in. And as long as they express their interest, reach out to the faculty members and staff, we are here to help them achieve their goals. Well, that's a terrific intro, Mahmoud. Thank you so much. And I know that there are many strong programs, just to name a few, engineering, business, and it does sound like you foster a tight-knit community, which is fantastic. I was also curious, what can you tell us about life on and off campus and, of course, outside of the classroom? All right. Let me start with our location. <laughs> we are located in Durham, a college town in a rural suburban setting. Durham, in the downtown of area of Durham, that's where you'll find the restaurants, the shopping centers, 
and we are also close to several cities and towns. So this gives our students a variety of options depending on their need. The closest city to us is Portsmouth, which is about 20 minutes away from the campus. That's where you'll find the movie theaters, the mall, the shopping centers, and so forth. We are one hour away from Boston and one hour away from Portland, Maine. On campus, we have the largest bus transit system in the whole entire state of New Hampshire, <laughs> known as our very own Wildcat Transit. So students can essentially ride the bus for free to any of the surrounding towns by just presenting their student ID when they get on the bus. And oftentimes students will go to Portsmouth to hang out. But we also have a train station right at the heart of campus operated and run by Amtrak. Students can ride the train to Portland, Maine, to Boston, Massachusetts, to catch a Red Sox game, to hang out. Oh, yes, everybody's a Red Sox fan in New England. <laughs> so I have to just throw that in there. And so to occasionally students will just travel into Boston. The train is right there on campus. So making our campus, our location, very unique because it's our students can have access to the different cities, towns, and can travel in and out. But for academics and extracurricular activities, students will have access to the ocean, the mountains, the cities, and the urban areas. Of course, John, you know very well that academics always come first. <laughs> but with that said, they will have the opportunity to live, to learn, and to play by taking advantages of the surrounding environment. If students are interested in kayaking, skiing, hiking, the outing clubs spend a great deal of time in the outdoors engaging those type of activities. New Hampshire is the perfect location for that. Some of their classes will be held in the outdoors, depending on what classes they're taking. <laughs> um, the surrounding cities and towns, that's where they can do their internship. And I already touched upon the outdoor leisure activities that they can be involved in. But let's shift back to campus. We have over 200 student clubs and organizations, wow. and they serve various purposes. Some are for professional development, others are academically focused, and others are for social engagement. We recommend to our students to be at least be involved in two clubs, one that is social, one that is academic, because it gives them the opportunity to network to have a more fulfilling college experience, get to know people, make friends. And some of these friends that they make become lifelong friends after they graduate. <laughs> but it helps to improve or enhance that college experience. But these student clubs and organizations, they also help students develop their leadership skills because they engage in volunteer work, activities, but learn to work with teams. As you know, John, everything requires teamwork. And you can't do anything on your own. But these clubs and organizations help them to enhance, develop those skills. Now, we can't talk about college uh, unless we also touch upon sports, too. We are Division <laughs> One in sports. We have 18 Division Sports One team. During the athletic events, the students come out in numbers to show support to the teams during the football game, hockey games, in unique colors, unique costumes. Some that makes sense, some not so much, but it's all part <laughs> of the school spirit. Students can express themselves the way they see fit. And one of the unique traditions that I've noticed uh, for the hockey games is during the opening match, 
if we score the first goal, we throw a fish on the ice, marking the <laughs> opponent, go fish the puck out of your net. Another one that I've noticed, well, I'm trying to still make sense out of it, is during the football game when a white powder is thrown in the air and all students get, all the students are white and they're all cheering, all excited. It's part of the school spirit, but we have a very, very strong school spirit. Now, not all students want to play Division One sports. There are some students who just like to stay active, involved, in shape, to get away from their books occasionally, and that's going to happen in college. We have the state-of-the-art recreation center on campus, multiple basketball courts, multi-purpose rooms, workout facilities, climbing wall, and the list goes on, and other types of activities such as Zumba, anaerobic exercises, aerobic exercises, and so on. All students have to do is just walk in there, find out what's going on, and participate in the activities that they're interested in. But in the same recreation center, that's where we also house our intramural sports, where students compete with one another on campus. And intramural sports is a unique opportunity for students to try something different, new, that's what college is all about, to explore, try something different, new and unique. Uh, it could be soccer, basketball, but one unique sport that I have never heard of anywhere until I got to UNH is broom hockey. Everything is <laughs> like hockey. Instead of a stick, they use a broom. No skates, and instead of a ball, I mean a puck, they use a ball. Students get on the ice. I hate to use this word, but they go nuts. There's no rhyme or reason to the sport, but they love it. But that's what college is about. Express yourself, enjoy yourself, try something unique and different. Well, we really appreciate that introduction. Great school spirit, and you explained every aspect of it. Broom hockey, D1 athletics, the vicinity to Portsmouth, which is a beautiful city, Boston, and of course, the great state of Maine. This provides tremendous opportunities in terms of internships for your students. And you mentioned that you have over 200 clubs, which is outstanding. So, Mahmoud, it really does sound like the University of New Hampshire has something for everyone, both inside of your classrooms and beyond, on your campus and beyond as well. Absolutely. I was also curious what types of experiential learning opportunities are offered at the University of New Hampshire to prepare students for their future careers. Well... We are also known as a land, sea, space grant university. Now, students and parents will wonder, may wonder what that means. Well, it means that our faculty members, our professors are engaged in research when it comes to land in terms of agriculture, environmental sciences, and the list goes on. They're engaged in research at sea when it comes to marine sciences, ocean engineering, and the list goes on. And they're also engaging research in space, working with NASA, designing robots, gadgets for space exploration in the field of mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and so on. But most importantly, our students get to work alongside with our faculty members to gain these hands-on experiences to prepare them for after college success. There is no substitute for experience. And John, you know that better than I do. <laughs> experience <laughs> is valuable. We are also designated as a R1 Research University by Carnegie, recognizing the high level of research activities offered at UNH. We are one of 43 institutions without a medical program with an R1 status. 
We are also ranked in the top 20% universities in research funding. Uh, over $100 million has been made available to our faculty members and students for research purposes. But if a student is interested in doing an independent project or a project that requires funding, they will also have the opportunity to apply for a grant through the Hamel Center. If their grant is approved, on an average, students are getting $4,000 to work on any type of research projects once their grant is approved. The nice thing about it, they will hand them the check and they decide how to use it. Of course, they will do the right thing, get the equipment tools that they need, pay themselves on the side a little bit, but they decide <laughs> how to use those funding. Students can use it locally or internationally. It just depends on what type of project that they're working on. Every year, we also host one of the largest undergraduate research conference in the country. In the past research, undergraduate research conference that we had, we had over 2,000 students across all disciplines who presented their work. Normally, when people think about research, they're thinking about the sciences, but research can be done in any field. It can be done in the sciences, engineering, liberal arts, business, and so on. And our students were presenting their work across all the different disciplines. But at the same time, we had over 400 faculty members who were guiding, working with them as they work on their projects, serving as mentors. Our faculty members are very committed. They're very dedicated to our students as long as they're willing to step out of their comfort zone reach out to them for assistance. They will help work with our students to achieve their overall goals. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. And he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code College Talk, one word, just College Talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is College Talk, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. 
Well, that is terrific. Thank you so much, Mahmoud. I really appreciate it. It sounds like the research opportunities are abundant. I love how you also explained that students have the opportunity to apply for grants, which I think is wonderful. And I know that you mentioned internships, but I want to dig deeper on internships and study abroad programs at the University of New Hampshire. So can you talk to us about internships and study abroad opportunities offered at UNH? Well, with the support of our career services or career advisors counselors, three out of four students have been involved in one or more internships. Our career counselors will prepare our students with mock interviews, resume preparation. And in the past few years, we had over 4,000 employers coming to UNH to recruit our students before they graduate. Each college division at the University of New Hampshire have a career counselor dedicated to them, specializing within those majors offered within the scholarly division, going out to employers, bringing the information back to our students. And this information are very crucial in terms of looking, applying for internships. Having this conversation early with our career counselors is very crucial to getting an internship because students will know what is expected of them and what they need to do to get this uh, internship or the qualifications that they need to meet. Working closely with our career counselors, they can help our students also design a career path they would like to pursue. Once a student knows the job opportunities that are related to their major, they tend to be more dedicated and committed and motivated to do well because they know now what job opportunities are related to their major. That's why we encourage students to always pursue what they're interested in because every major have job opportunities that are related to them. And there's nothing better doing in life, doing what you love doing and getting paid for it and knowing the outlets and the opportunities that are associated with that major that students are pursuing. When it comes to study abroad, at any given time, 18% of our students are doing study abroad somewhere in the world. Our students are in 40 different countries. We have over 250 study abroad programs. But the question is, why do students do study abroad? Well, students do it for various reasons. Number one is the obvious one, to travel to see the world. Number two, exposed to different cultures. Number three, for volunteer work and for professional development. All these things also have value to helping students to achieve their overall goal or their future ambitions. Of course, the most popular destination is Europe and students have the opportunity to do the European tour while they're in Europe, visiting all these historical sites or cities in across Europe. And so that's an added benefit, but they can also achieve the rest of their goals, including the number one reason, education. But <laughs> this gives them that opportunity. Now, there are instances some students may feel, ah, I don't want to study abroad, but I really, really like to explore my own country, the United States of America. <laughs> yes, we do offer opportunities for that too. That's called the National Student Exchange Program. Students will have the opportunities to study in different parts of the country, learn about it, or places that they were curious about. Well, we do present students to do that. We're working with over 150 colleges and universities, both in the United States and in Canada. Wow. And most of the time, students are involved in a national student exchange program to further their knowledge in their area of study. For example, the coast of New Hampshire, 
the coast of Florida, California, all have different water body type, warm water, cold water, different type of species. So a marine science students can take advantage of the national student exchange program to study in different parts of the country to further their knowledge in the area of study. But with that said, not all <laughs> students do it for educational purposes. Some do it for leisure. <laughs> if you think of the mountains of Colorado, snow, excellent skiing, some students will take advantage of it by being part of the National Student Exchange Program to do those activities as well. Whatever the reason is, we can help you achieve your overall goals as a student and their advisors will work with them to make sure that all the courses that they take will transfer back to the university. And when should students start having this conversation? As soon as they get to UNH to explore what all the steps are necessary to be involved in the National Student Exchange Program, but also in for internship opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's terrific. It seems like your philosophy is definitely geared towards achieving every student's goals. You have hundreds of study abroad options, as well as right here in the United States. I was also impressed that three out of four students have had one or more internships. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you work closely with potential employers to help your students with career options after graduation, which I think is phenomenal. So thank you so much for this entire overview, Mahmoud. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I did want to talk a little bit about the application process itself. Mm -hmm. So Mahmoud, can you walk us through the overall application process at the University of New Hampshire? Many students and their parents, of course, want to know what happens once they hit submit. So again, any insight that you can share would be greatly appreciated. Well, like most schools, we are a common app school. So all the only application students have to worry about is the common app. We do a holistic review. Every aspect of the application will be reviewed. For example, when I start reviewing applications, I start from the very basics, the student's background information, from their phone number to their home address and the email addresses. Now, I would like to put a special emphasis on the email addresses because I'm also part of the student engagement slash communications team. And the email addresses are very important because that's how we mostly communicate with students. So it's very important they have their up-to-date email address, but also consistent with their email addresses because their email address is also, also tied to their portal where they log in to access the information on their admission status and other types of information. Oftentimes, the problem that we encounter with students is when they have multiple emails and they can't remember which email that they use. <laughs> In a few cases, some schools do not ac accept external emails and they don't get the email communications that are sent to them. So that's a little bit on the selfish side of mine to pay attention to the email because it helps with the communications process with students. <laughs> the next thing we will look at within the application is the activities the students have been involved in, in terms of sports or clubs, in high school or part-time job or volunteer work in the community, and what type of roles that they've taken on. Activities are important. But the most important part of the application is their four years of work. And we'll address that later on. Um, the next thing also we will look at will be the essay. Oftentimes students are wondering, what should I write about? What can I, what type of essay would I, should I write that would also 
um, make me stick out or that would um, set the tone for my application. Oftentimes, my response is just relax, write about anything that you're interested in. So your the essay for students is essentially for us to know the student in terms of their interests, their hobbies, their academic ambitions. And so anything that they want to write about is fine. We're not here to grade their essay. We're here to see how they put their thought process in on paper and how carefully they review their writing in terms of making sure everything's spelled correctly, punctuated, have somebody else look at it. Uh, we're looking for how students put their thoughts together. But the essay is another opportunity for students to give us additional information about themselves that's not reflected in all the documents provided. Sometimes a student may have a tragedy in their family, a loss of a loved one, a severe illness or injury, anything that may have impact the student in a negative way. We would like to know about it because there are extenuating circumstances that are out of the student's control. And the moment we see a drop in the grades, the first place we will look for an explanation will be in the essay. Then we will look at the students at uh, the school counselors to support what's in the essay. Then we'll take that all into consideration when we review students' application. COVID being one of them, and we also took everything into consideration. So we are looking at every aspect of your application to your uh, to the students' favor. Um, but the information is provided to us. That's what we have to work with. And the more information you provide us as a student, the better. Well, that's a lot of great advice. And of course, your insight is tremendous. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I particularly like that you talked about the email address. It's so important in the college process not to use an old email address, students that you don't check regularly. Once you sign on, for example, in this case, the University of New Hampshire's portal, that email address becomes your communication from the University of New Hampshire to you. So it's very important that you use an email address that you're going to check regularly. So as Mahmoud explained, you're not going to miss any communications that comes from the different colleges that you're applying to. So that's great advice, Mahmoud. I really appreciate it. I was also curious, what type of student is a good candidate for the University of New Hampshire in terms of GPA, course requirements, and how do you consider courses such as AP, IB, and honors? Well, that's very important. As I stated before, the most important part of a student's application is their transcript, their four years of work. So before we even review the application, we recalculate the GPA based on the core courses. We do a holistic review, of course, but we do we recalculate it based on the core courses. GPA-wise, I know more schools in New York because that's my territory, the Long Island area, Westchester, New York City, and so forth, are on a hundred scale. So on average, we're looking for 88 or better. 88 usually equals to a B plus average on a hundred scale based out of New York, but some different states may have a slightly equivalent for an 88. So but we're looking for solid B, B plus average. On a 4.0 scales, we are looking for a 3.4, 3.5 GPA around that area. Now, what are the core courses? We require four years of English for any major that you're applying to. When it comes to math, minimum of three years of math, more specifically Algebra 1, Geometry, Algebra 2. In most cases, for some 
schools may list their math differently. But as long as those core subjects are covered, that's the most important part. With that said, some of the programs at the University of New Hampshire do require the more advanced math, such as stats, trigonometry, pre-calculus. And I'm just summarizing this for you, but all this is also listed on our website, clearly spelled out. In case you missed it, you can always visit our website and everything is there. We require a minimum of two years of a lab science. Of course, we would like to see more sciences. Minimum of two years of history. We would like to see more history. Languages are not required, but they are also considered a core course. Now, if you go ahead and take the languages, it will help you as, as a student complete the minimum 15 units required. Now, if students don't take languages, on the other hand, uh, they are required to double up in the other core, core, core areas. It could, be, it could be math, it could be history, it could be sciences, or even English. But in order to be, to be considered for admission at UNH, students must have 15 units of the core courses. The minimum course level students have to fulfill is the college prep level. Unfortunately, anything below the college prep level may take you out of the application pool as a student. Honors, AP, IB courses are given more weight, providing that you do well in those courses. With that said, it is not how difficult the course is, it is how well students do in those courses, how well you do as a student in those courses. We would prefer to see a B in a college prep course than a C or D in an IP, IB honors or AP course. So we always advise students to work within their strength and do well. Essentially, that will uh, grant you admission to the University of New Hampshire, but it also shows a good judgment in your decision making because in college, you're, gonna, you're going to be independent and making good judgment in high school may carry on into college. Stay within your strength and do well. However, if you do take the honors AP and IB courses as a student, we will grant you more points for doing that. But it may not work to your advantage if you don't do well in those courses. Understood, and those are great pieces of advice. And I really appreciate how you talked about the fact that you do recalculate the GPA based on the core courses, which you mentioned are English, Math, Science, History, and of course, World Language. 88 or better on a 100% point scale. That's usually a B plus, as you mentioned. You're looking at a 3.4 or a 3.5 on a four point scale. And you also mentioned that all of this is available on your website. So in the show notes, Mahmoud, I always put, in this case, the Office of Undergraduate Admission for the University of New Hampshire. If there are any other links that you want me to include in the show notes, please provide it to me. And of course, we'll make it available to the students and parents. Well done. Well, thank you again. And what are the different ways a student may apply to the University of New Hampshire? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Well, we have two processes. One is early action and regular admission. We do not have early decision. It's really entirely up to the student what process they would like to apply to. However, I will say during the early action process, that's when most of the students who are applying to the competitive majors, that's when they apply. So competitive majors include nursing, occupational therapy, exercise science, and so on. And these competitive majors, as we term them, tend to fill up quickly. And once they fill up, they're close. Right. We right. don't have a wait list. 
we've attempted waitlist in the past, but nobody gets off the waitlist. So is so we don't have waitlist. So if any student is thinking about these competitive majors, and you can visit our website, you can reach out to us just to confirm. We highly recommend that you apply during the early action process. With the early action process, you get first consideration as a student in everything. Then we review those are the applications we review first, then we move on to the regular admissions. But we will review students' application the same way throughout the process. And if we need additional information from the student or if they show potential, but we like to see additional information, we will hold their application. So oftentimes students will wonder, when should I apply? You can apply right after you complete your junior year. Some students will wait until their first quarter grades come out and they apply, but you can write, apply right after your, your junior year is complete. You have your complete grades. That's when you can apply. Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. As an affiliate partner with Prep Sportswear, the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners. And now, back to the show. Well, that's great insight again and great advice. Students, I hope you're listening to Mahmood. Apply early action. There are many benefits, especially if you're going for a competitive major because they fill up quickly. And then once they fill up, it's closed. Like Mahmoud said, there's no wait list at the University of New Hampshire. So it's very important to apply early. Frankly, after junior year, use that summer to work on your essay, your overall application, your activity sheet, and submit early so that you get your response early and you give yourself the best chance for acceptance. So we really appreciate that, Mahmoud. And I was also curious, do you have an honors program at the University of New Hampshire? And if so, how are students considered for it? Do they have to apply separately, in other words? We do have an honors program, and a separate application is not required. It's all part of the automatic consideration when students apply. With that said, yes, it is a competitive program. In general, all students with a 4.4 GPA are automatically admitted. <laughs> and any students with a lower grade than that, between a 4.0 and a 4.4, is at the discretion of the admissions counselor responsible for that school or location or region to make a recommendation to the honors committee whether to be considered for it. But with that said, there are many paths to the honors program. The first path is during the initial stages of the application. And the second part is when you get to UNH, you can apply to be considered for the honors program directly with the honors program in January. And so oftentimes students want it and they get it, and in some cases not, but there's always another path to the honors program. It just comes down to when you get to UNH, how well you do, and you can ask to be considered for it. Well, we appreciate that. And Mahmoud, I know that the University of New Hampshire, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Can you share the advantages and even the disadvantages of submitting the SAT or ACT scores? Well, I, we, we are test optional, absolutely. 
And fortunately for us, we went, we were test optional prior to the pandemic. So COVID <laughs> wasn't the reason why we went up optional. But just a year before we went test optional and unfortunately it worked in, it worked well. So there are no disadvantages or advantages whether students submit their test scores or not. Across the board, we're test optional for every major on campus. I would say there's, there's some few instances that I may look at the test scores to the student's advantage, but never at a disadvantage of a student. For example, if a student had inconsistent performance in math, and I just, I may look at the test scores to see how well they, they, they did in the test scores, and that would help me make a final decision. But there's very little consideration the main focus is on the student's academic performance, four years of work and the recalculated GPA. With that said too, even when it comes to merit-based scholarships, they're solely based on the recalculated GPA. So every year is very important. We always encourage students to perform very well. We like to see that uptrend in their academic performance. And that will ultimately determine what they qualify for, maintain your work every year. And all the seniors or rising seniors out there, please don't have a case of senior writers because we <laughs> do look at your senior year. At that point, we will consider you as an adult. You have had enough experience in high school and we tend to be less lenient in your senior year. So maintain that, you maintain your senior grades, maintain that performance. Don't take a light uh, program of study, meaning maintain the same work ethic that you had throughout English, math, science, history. If you take languages, even better, because all those are considered. Maintain that strong performance throughout. I just had to throw that in there, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's great advice, students, to put your best foot forward, not only as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, but as Mahmoud said, in senior year as well, because although Mahmoud might not see your senior year grades, at least at the time that you submit your application, they certainly do see your courses in progress. So great point, Mahmoud. It's extremely important to keep working hard for your four years of high school and beyond. So recently, Mahmoud, I received some emails from parents whose children are homeschooled. Can you offer any insight in terms of how the application process differs for students that are homeschooled? The application process does not differ much uh, because the requirements are still the same in terms of the core courses that we look at, English, Math, Science, History, and World Languages. So the application does not differ much. The only slight difference is that we may ask for the course descriptions of the courses that we've taken. If the course has a slightly different name or we just want to verify that requirements are fulfilled, we may ask for it. But for the most part, homeschoolers, the parents do very do a good job in providing that information to us in advance anyway. So we most cases we do not have to follow up, but if we do, we will reach out. But other than that, the application is uh, they're considered the same, given the same, same consideration. We do not differentiate it. It's only when uh, it's clearly I, when a student clearly identified themselves as a homeschool student and we don't have enough explanation or description of the courses that we may ask for that. But the, the process is the same for all students. 
Well, that's terrific. We really appreciate that. And what programs does the University of New Hampshire offer to students that may have had an IEP while in high school to, of course, help ensure that they will continue to be successful once they're on your campus? Oh, well, we do have the Student Accessibility Services, and they're very accommodating, and they encourage students to reach out to them at the prospective level and on campus. They have, if you go to our Accessibility Services website, and John, I can provide that for you later on. Yes, thank you, and I'll put it in the show notes. That would be awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. They will have information for prospective incoming students and information for students on campus. For incoming students, if they have questions, what kind of accommodations are available, um, they can have a direct conversation with them. I'll give you some example of the accommodations that are available. It could be assisted taking notes, technology-wise. We have supplemental peer notes, extended time for exams, and those are directly related to academics. But outside of the academics environment, we have also accommodations, other types of accommodation, food, housing, dietary, and so on. They appreciate when students, when families reach out to them, have a conversation. With that said, for the admissions process, we do not require any documentation related to IEP, and we ask students not to send it to us. If it's sent to us, we will send it right back because that's confidential information. Um, students can provide that to accessibility services and they can work with the students in terms of letting them know what accommodations are available. But they are very supportive. Um, Our students internally can reach them in person or via Zoom. Just depends on what the student prefers and we try to accommodate all students as much as possible. Well, we appreciate that. And again, thank you for providing me with the link. We'll put it in the show notes for the parents. Mahmoud, this has been a thorough, inspiring conversation. I cannot thank you enough. Unfortunately, it leads me to my last question, which is, (laughs) what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Well, the number one advice I would advise students to do is to visit the colleges and the universities that they are interested in. Get a sense of the culture of the campus. There are many great colleges and universities out there, but not everyone, each of them is a right fit for the students. But visiting the campus, working on campus, give you a sense of the campus, of the culture, the feel of it. The second advice I would give to students and parents, ask all the questions that concern you. Believe it or not, and John, you are also aware of it, We've probably heard all the questions. There's no question that is unique that we haven't heard or that would take us by surprise. (laughs) If you ask the question that means it is important to you, it's a concern of yours, ask it because it will help shape your decision process on what college is the right fit for you. And that's what we want for all students. We want students to succeed. And sometimes, oftentimes, a parent will walk up to me and say, well, this is my first child. I'm really new at the college process. I don't know where to start. And that's all you need to say to me. And I'll start asking questions. What does your child want to study? What are they looking for? What are they interested in? And we can have the conversation there. But multiple times, that question or that statement will be repeated over and over again through the course of the year. It's not a unique question. But most importantly, 
as admissions counselors, we are all advocating for our schools because we believe in our schools. We know all the great opportunities that our schools can offer to students. We know that. But what's most important to me is the student's success. And I always advise students to choose a college or university that they feel is the right fit for them. It is not where my friends are going. It is not the most popular college. It is the one that you feel is the right fit for you. The University of New Hampshire, and I stand by this, has a lot to offer to students. Our students have succeeded and gone to do great things. But the students I want at the University of New Hampshire are the ones that I feel that is a great fit for them or that they feel that is a great fit for them to succeed. Now, then it begs the question, what, how do I know a college or university is a great fit for me? Believe it or not, as a student, you already know what's a good fit for you. Trust your instinct. You already know what feels right, what feels wrong. So when you're out there doing the college search, get all taking all the information, ask the questions about areas that interest you, look for uh, the opportunities that will help you grow and succeed in the future. But how can you really tell? It's when you really go home the following days to come, the college or university you can't stop thinking about. That's the winner for you because subconsciously you've already connected it with that college. You're <laughs> thinking about the building, the interactions that you had, the opportunities that they have offered, the conversations <laughs> you've had with students. Your your mind is constantly connected to that build, uh, to that campus. Subconsciously, you've already connected. That's where it is for you. If you need to visit two or three more times to make a final decision, go ahead and do it because that's where you're going to spend the next four years of your life. And the place that you feel connected with, that's most likely where you will succeed and that's where you'll excel. Make the right choice for yourself. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Every student I've interacted with, every student I've had a conversation with, I want them to attend UNH because I believe in UNH. (laughs) However, the most important thing for me is for you to succeed, even if it's not UNH. That's why we're here in this, um, in, 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 in higher education, is to help students succeed, to realize their goal and potential, but it also has to go with the right fit. Well, thank you so much, Mahmoud. Those are great pieces of advice. Of course, visit. It's so important as there are so many great schools. There's over 4,000 colleges and universities in the United States alone. And it's important to remember there is a school for everyone, but not every school is necessarily for you. So take your time researching and find the right fit for you. I appreciate how you talked about asking questions. You're absolutely right. Admissions reps are accessible and happy to help students and their families. And I hope that in terms of admissions reps being accessible and ready to answer questions and help, I hope that this podcast is showing that to students and their parents. We've had over 100 guests so far, and they all say the same thing. If you have a question, reach out. Admissions representatives are here to help you. And also trust your instincts. As Mahmoud said, you know what is the right fit for you. Are you okay with being an airplane right away? Do you want to be closer to home? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want to commute? 
There's no one answer for every student. And that's the beauty of the process. With over 4,000 choices in the United States alone, there truly is something for everyone. Mahmoud, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really can't thank you enough. I do hope to have you again soon. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, John. I enjoyed being here. I enjoyed the conversation with you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to share the college experiences with students. And I wish them with the best of luck and to reach out anytime that they have questions. We're here for them. Well, thank you again. It was an honor and pleasure. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep? Whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, we've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. Thank you all and best wishes.